0: This is Karen Hunter and welcome to The Hub. I want to welcome to the show somebody that I think uh, I saw her on uh, a YouTube uh, show called His and Her Money. And I couldn't stop watching. And after, in the middle of the show, I reached out. I was like, how can I find her Twitter handle? And I reached out to her on Twitter, and DM'd her, and I was like, will you please come on the show and help us understand all of the things that you know? Let me welcome to the show, for the first time, excuse me, economic activist, Aisha Selden. Welcome.
1: Hi, Karen. Thank you.
0: Thank you for being here. All right. Uh, I hope the line holds up. Um, tell me, tell me your story. What intrigued me is you're you're a woman that grew up in the projects and you became a millionaire by the age of 30 and you were on his and her, uh, money talking about all of the homes that you rehabbed and getting into the rehab business, the, the, uh, the real estate rehab business. Talk a little bit about your journey from the projects to becoming a millionaire.
1: Yeah. I mean, I've got, um, I've got a story that's very similar to, um, a lot of black and brown people. I mean, I was raised by a single teen mom. My mom had two kids. She had my sister at 16, me at 19, and put herself through college. She was one of those moms that having kids at such a young age, having two kids before she was 20, she realized that for her kids, she needed better out of her life. So she put herself through nursing school, got her um, degree, her bachelor's degree in nursing. And I mean, I, I, up until maybe a year or two ago, I used to say that um, my journey, I was self-made. You know, like I, you know, I did this on my own. I got it straight out the mud. Um and, and while I worked incredibly hard, I do I do realize and recognize that I did have opportunities that a lot of people don't. You know, most people wouldn't see privilege in being raised by a single teen mom in, in passion owns in um in South Philly where I came from. But I had a lot of love. Um, I had a lot of support. I had aunties, I had a great grandmother. Um and my mission was to figure out how I could essentially become better than what I'd seen in my community. Um, And that's what I focused on doing. I focused on um, trying to to build assets and now I focus on how to repay that to my community. I want to make sure that black and brown people see someone who looks like them and show them how to do the exact same thing that I did.
0: Mindset. Mindset. I was talking to my class today at Hunter College and we were talking about politics. And, you know, we got around to there, there are people that never leave their block. There are people that never leave their town. The world is looked at in such a narrow, narrow, narrow lens, through, through a narrow lens that you can't see the possibilities if this is all you see. Why were you able to see beyond your condition? Why were you able to see beyond? Because that's not normal. Yeah.
1: No, that's a great question. So, again, um, opportunities that I had that others didn't. My mom thought it was really important to make sure that my sister and I saw outside of our community. So she would um, – she would pack us up in her car on the weekends, and, and keep in mind, she's a nurse, she's a single mom, she's working 12, 14-hour days, um, but on the weekend, she thought it was important for important enough to show us that there was a life outside of poverty. So, And, and Philly's one of those cities, um, like many um, predominantly African-American communities, Philly's one of those cities where you've got extreme poverty in Philly, but then you've got um, a lot of affluence, like miles away. So there's a suburb right outside of Philly, uh, the main line, Gladwin specifically in Villanova. She would pack us in the car and she would take us to see these mansions in person. And she would say, you know what, this is how you guys are going to live one day. So, so we lived in a community where, you know, there are the row houses, like houses on top of houses. I mean, we are, we were all congested in the city. Mom packed us up and would often take us out to see these mansions where I could see in person, I could, I could aspire for, for more so she showed us that there's there's more to life than kicking crap valves up the street I mean you, like you, most inner cities back in the 80s when I was a kid like we saw we saw the worst of poverty I mean it was it was it was rough and it was important enough for her to make sure that her kids saw that <clears throat> there was more to life than just what we saw in our little um, our little bubble.
0: It's almost like the story that Ben Carson used to share, uh, and I'm going to talk about that because you chew up the meat and spit out the bones, there's good and everything. He used to share about his mother who couldn't read but would force he and his brother to write book reports about things she couldn't read. But she, made, yeah. she knew it was important for them to read, and it was in that process that Ben Carson fell in love with science. So, you know, yep. it is important that even if you don't have the money to give to your children, you can give them aspirations and dreams. 866-801-8255. Ayesha Selden is in the building. You can follow her. And I love that you change your name on your Twitter, your, the name that we see all the time. But you can follow her at Aisha A-Y-E-S-H-A Selden, S-E-L-D-E-N but it'll be a different name up there just about every week, Uh, something to do with money, which is hilarious. And it's usually something very uh, irreverent. Um, So I'm listening to you and I'm imagining that you, you code switched when you were in corporate America. Tell us about being in corporate America because I, I hear, I don't hear South Philly. So what did it take to, to, to remove South Philly or is South Philly lurking? Is that John always at the ready? Is it there?
1: You know what? I'm, um, I'm I'm hood. I'm still hood. Um, but it's funny that you say that because you do have to learn. I mean, I I'm an asset manager. I've been a licensed stockbroker for 20 years. So you gotta you gotta learn how to turn it on and turn it off. I mean, you're sitting down with Middle America, and you know I, I couldn't say on that South Philly. You I mean? I couldn't I could I had to, I had to put the hood away. So um, it, it's funny because my my friends who knew me when I was growing up, they they kind of teased me. They called me Lily, and you know like you, you know you get, I get all the I mean, and it's all in, in jest. Um, but I did. I had to learn how to code switch, which is which is one of the interesting things and one of the reasons why I appreciate somebody like Cardi, for example, Cardi B, for example. Um, she don't code switch. She never has. She, you get her in every single interview, you get her exactly as she is. And, and I respect it because it's like most of us aren't able to do that and still build wealth um, in, you know, in corporate America or otherwise. Um, and I, I love that so much about her because she is who she is regardless of where she is.
0: Um, but I, mean, well, I, well, I, I Aisha I, Aisha hold on, one could argue though she's able to build wealth because she fits a stereotype that people are comfortable with 866 uh is the no, I said it. Uh, y'all can at me at Karen Hunter on Twitter. Uh, today uh, Kashanova is your name. Uh, one would argue that that you are rewarded when you fit a trope or a stereotype that makes white people comfortable. one would argue? that you win Oscars when you're a bedwinch or, or a corrupt cop will reward that because we're comfortable with that image of blackness. I just said it. Sorry. I just had to say it. You you said it. I, just, I, I mean, I think that there are valid, I
1: think points were made. Um, I don't think that white people are comfortable with Cardi. Um, I, you know, like, some of the feedback for for on her latest song, um, or WAP or WAP. I mean, I've never heard the song, but um, there was you a ne- lot of... Wait, backlash.
0: time out, time out. You've never heard WAP?
1: No. Smith, under- play, play a little WAP
0: for... We're going to play a little WAP because I think you need to... He's going to find it. Okay, while we wait for him to find it. You need to hear WAP. It's Karen, a I live under,
1: I live under financial rock. I mean, like, what's happening in the outside world, I don't, you know... I pay no attention to. I, I'm 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 very laser focused. So, I mean, you, you look at my Twitter feed. It is it is 100 about money or or black okay. excellence. That's
0: so so. You get up every morning. What are you watching? CNBC? Are you going straight to the to the to the uh, stock stock ticker? What's what's your routine? First thing in the morning, I'm in the
1: gym. Usually 6 a.m. 5 a.m. pre COVID. Um, I work out until about 7:30, and then um, I come home and I'm I'm digesting what's going to happen in the market. I'm looking at pre market trading. I'm looking at um, in my Twitter feed, I'm looking at, you know, financial um, pages I follow, CNBC, Wall Street Journal, uh, Bloomberg. Um, and that's what I'm digesting typically throughout the day. And then once the market opens at 930, um, I'm talking to clients, looking at the market um, and just digesting financial information.
0: So you're doing really well uh, during COVID. I'm just going i to say it because I know it. I know it's true uh, because you're heavily invested guess- in the market. I am
1: doing well during COVID, which is, you know, it it,
0: it feels a little, it, it feels strange.
1: Um, I mean, my net worth has increased significantly in 2020. When I watch people who are struggling, I watch. I mean, you just mentioned earlier, we don't know if that second relief check is coming, so it feels, um, it doesn't feel good. I'll say. I mean, you know, it, it, it's 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 an interesting, um, it's an interesting year to say the least. Um, I put myself in a position, and a part of the reason why my message is. Um, you've got to own some stuff because I want more people to to be in a position where they're profiting and they're and they're winning. Eight
0: six six eight zero one eight two five five is the number. The reason why it was important to have you on today, we've been doing a lot. Uh, we've had Angela E. Matthews on Terry E. who is a specialist in option trading. She's actually doing a challenge uh, with it's closed now so let me thank everybody who joined her class specifically to be a part of the hub challenge and we we raised um 300,000 not the million that she wanted to trade with but we're going to everybody who joined that class under the hub we're going to use that money to trade to specifically fund a business which will be my business right we we're going to we're going to show it in real time and every week we're going to go in and transparently watch how how Terry is trading because I need us to understand if only three or 5% of us are invested in the market, I need us to see the vision for what that's supposed to look like much the way your mom put your, you and your sister in a car to drive you to see something. A lot of times we don't understand that it's possible for us unless we see somebody do it. So this is not even about raising money for my business as much as it is about showing the blueprint for how you make money in the stock market, which you do uh, in your practice as well. 866-801-8255. I'm going to open up the phones for anyone that has questions, uh, but I do want to hear your journey because I think there's, there's a blueprint in that and how you got to, to become a millionaire at 30. What was that?
1: Um, so a lot, of, um, a lot of trial and errors. So I became a, a securities broker at 22
0: um and how how are you you just glassing like south philly securities broker there's something in, in between that how, how did he so get you know, from there today there?
1: so you know um my mom was extremely focused on our academics it's funny that you read, you bring up ben carson's um book that was one of the books that as a kid she made my sister and i read um and and that along with just other books by black authors i fell in love with with reading so, I mean, I the Native Sons, the Maya Angelou books, the Toni Morrison books, I mean, I, would, I, I was an avid reader. I would digest. I mean, I, that to me was a whole different world um, from the one that we lived in. So, um, got the, good the grades. My mom was extremely focused on our academics. I mean, we had the mom that um, if we got, like, all A's, one B and one C, she'd be like, well, why didn't you tell me you were struggling? Like, you know, you, you should have told me you needed, a, a tutor with, those, you know, with the C and the B. So, um, focused on academics, went to a top uh, high school in Philadelphia, and my mom's an RN at Temple University, so I got to go to college for free. Um, Temple University was the only college I applied to because it was, I knew I was going to get a free education. Um, went to Temple, had a, um, it's, it's funny because um, I don't watch a lot of television now, but television influenced me a lot as a kid. I don't know if you remember the movie Boomerang. Um, of
0: course. Of, of course you do. So, yeah. So well, I, well, as a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, we just played a clip from Eddie Murphy talking about the backlash he received from white media. Because they were like, w- uh, why is everyone in here black? You know, because it was a very, suc- you know, it was a bunch of successful black people. And he said, yeah, you're all only comfortable with us boys in the hood selling drugs or on the street doing hood stuff. But to see a bunch of black, well, where are the white managers? There aren't any. The black man owns the company. The black woman owns the company. We're, you know, like it was a struggle. And he said, so get used to it because I'm not going anywhere. We just played that clip yesterday. So, yes, of course, I'm very familiar with Boomerang. Yeah, I mean, for
1: them to, for them to even comment on that, had they seen the show Friends? Have they seen Seinfeld? Like, like, I, I don't know if there was a black friend in New York, but the, the, I, I digress. Um, so Boomerang had a huge, huge impact on me. In fact, when I got to college, my first major was marketing specifically because I'm like, them black people was getting it. You know what I mean? What were they in advertising? Like, okay, I can do advertising because I want the same penthouse that Marcus Graham had. So for a young black girl like me, you know, I and that was one of the first movies where we saw black people doing well in in a corporate environment. So I, I started with marketing specifically because of Boomerang, um, and then I ended up picking up uh, uh, economics. I really liked finance. I liked economics. I liked accounting, um, and knew I wanted to do something in money management. So got had a dual degree in economics and marketing. Ended up taking a minor in um, in PR and interviewed with American Express out of college as a financial with for their stock. Stockbroker, financial advisor role, got the job, and, and the rest is history. So mm-hmm. I, started, um, I started at 22 working as a, as a new broker. Um, so that to me was like the kickstart into learning how to invest. I was always a saver. I mean, even as a kid, I was a fairly disciplined saver. Like that you didn't have to teach me. I, was, I, could, I could penny pitch, um, but it, it was once I became a licensed broker, started studying, started studying for my Series 7 that I actually started learning. I'm not going to hit a million bucks by saving it. I'm not making that much money. Even if I make $100,000 from 22 to, you know, I got to pay taxes, I'm, I'm, I won't hit that million-dollar threshold in eight years um, unless I become an investor, unless I figure this out. So saving enough is not sufficient. I, I, I learned that early on. So I knew I had to figure out how to make sure that my money was working for me, um, whether I was awake or asleep. And that's what I started doing. I started focusing on um, learning how to invest in the stock market, how to be a disciplined investor, how to not chase returns. Um, and, and I figured it out. It took me some trial and error. It took me getting burned a few times. Um, it took me chasing technology, mutual funds, and then the dot com bubble burst to, to figure out like you don't buy something after it's gone up 50, 60, 70, 80, 100%. You don't jump in then. You listen to Warren Buffett when he says, be fearful when others are greedy and greedy when others are fearful. So it took me some time to figure that out. And once I figured that out, I got it. It clicked. Um and and we're all we're all a product of our environment, our circumstances, right? So real estate for me um came about because I mean we all have that like that auntie, that cousin, that grandma, someone we know has sold a property and then they in the neighborhood gentrified, right? So we're just um, that happened to me um, with my mom. She sold our house, our childhood house, and I remember telling her in my first year of college, don't sell the house. I got a good feeling about this neighborhood. It's rough now, but I think that this neighborhood will change. She sold that house in 98 for, I think, like thirty-five or 40000 within 10 years, and as it's condition, it was worth about a half a million bucks. And I remember thinking, Karen, I remember thinking, that will never, ever happen to me again. That will never happen. I mean, that's... That, is, that was a legacy. That was my mom's retirement. That was, that was money that could have been in our bloodline forever. And I remember thinking, it is revenge season. That will never happen. So I, I wanted to get into real estate specifically because um, my mom sold that house. And I knew I knew she shouldn't have. And, and again, I was a, an avid reader as a kid. I think it was Toni Morrison in one of her books that talked about the importance of, um, I mean, she wasn't talking about it as a real estate investor. She, it, was a, it was a story, a novel. And she said something like, people will always need a place to live and a place to die. And I remember thinking that, like, both require land, right? You know, both, both you, need some, you need some space. So, so real estate has always been something that I had my eye on, my own experiences in watching wealth get taken away from my bloodline because of an early sale. Um, I said, you yeah, know, I ain't going out like that. So I started, I started aggressively buying real estate simply because I, I know the power of, of real estate owning land and, and owning buildings.
0: Eight six six eight zero one eight two five five. 8255 Excuse me. Revenge season. I like that. I like that. Not from not from a, <clears throat> a, a hateful place, but from a place of love. Like I'm never going to let that happen to me again. What? I'm going to take this energy and turn it into something positive, which has really benefited your bloodline. Eight six six eight zero one eight two five five. 801 8255 Aisha is here. Aisha Selden. Uh, you can follow her at Aisha Selden. And of course, she's Mud to the number two millions dot com mud two millions dot com and her book seven step wealth cheat codes seven steps right you have seven steps yep. there is a cheat code when you come in and I feel like you know many of us need to be like the spook who sat by the door that book when we come into corporate America but a lot of us want to be the magical Negro the only one right the only one we want to Please, massa. instead of learning everything we can from what we get on the inside and then give it to everybody else on the out, you know, in our community. What was the first thing you learned that was like an aha, like, oh, my God, I can't believe I never knew this when you got into corporate America st- trading stocks?
1: Um, that there's a there's more of a science behind it than there is a gamble. You know, I think that when, when most people approach the stock market, they approach it like they do the lottery. I think I mentioned in the His and Her Money podcast, you know, people think, you know, they literally approach stocks like they do the roulette wheel or the crash table. Like this is, it's, not, it's not a casino. There is, there is, there's actual fundamentals of a company that you need to digest and learn before you just throw your, throw your money there. And, you know, it's, it's interesting, Karen, because if I were to ask the average person, how do you make money in a stock? right? It's, it's, it's actually fairly simple. I buy it low, I sell it high. It's, it's, it's really not that complicated. I buy a stock um, at a current value and I sell it at a future date at a higher value, right? Um, but one of the things I learned being a new broker is when it comes to our own emotions and our behaviors, um, behavioral finance, they call it, which is, is, is an extremely fascinating study, that when it comes down to our own money, we actually tend to do the exact opposite. Tesla stock is a really good example, right? In the last year, last 12 months, it's up about 500%. People watched Tesla run up 500% and then thought, okay, yeah, I'm going to buy that, right? And then they just got snubbed by the S&P 500 a couple days ago. They got snubbed by the S&P 500, not included, and then it dropped 20% in one day, the single largest drop. People bought it after it ran up four or 500%, and then they sold it the day it dropped 20%, right? So I just said... Everybody knows you buy low, you sell high, but when it comes to applying our own money, we do the exact opposite. We buy it after it runs up 500 percent, and then when it drops 20 percent, then we sell because
0: we panic. So well, we have confidence. FOMO, we have FOMO on the upside. We don't want to be left yep. out. So if everybody's jumping in because we wait for the bandwagon instead of becoming the bandwagon, we yep. wait for the bandwagon. We jump on it. By yep. then it's too late, it's already too late, but we don't want to be left. we're going to imagine it's going to go up what 1,000 percent. That's yep. illogical, but there yep. we go. Human nature. Exactly. All right, 866-801-8255 is great advice. Let's go to Sylvia in Philly. A lot of people want to talk to you, so we're going to go to Philly first, to your back, right. backyard, neck of the woods. Yep. Sylvia, welcome.
2: <laughs> oh, oh, great. Thanks, Karen. Um, I love your show. Love listening Thank you. to you. Thank I just you. wanted to say good afternoon to both you and Aisha. I'm so impressed. I have a story to tell you really quick. Um, the book, I have it sitting on my seat. I'm away for the, the night driving. I have the book sitting on my seat, just ordered it. And I happened to work, and I never met Aisha, but I happened to work with her mom, um, who yeah. is a nurse. I'm also, I'm also a nurse. <laughs> but, wow. but it wasn't her mom. It was a, a co-worker who actually told me about the book. And I said, oh, I'm just going to order it to show support. And then i said okay well i better read it too you know so showing support is one thing but reading it because again i think i'm doing fine in these COVID times like aisha made some good investments with real estate and again i'm still a nurse and it's it's a quick read it's an easy read and it's unbelievable i feel like we're kindred spirits i said it's me talking to me um
1: very impressed very impressed thank you thank you so much and it's such a it's is such a small world um, thank you so much for calling and sharing the story. And yes, my mom has been a temple in, in labor and delivery, and now, like with the baby, you know, she's been there forever. So if you're, if you're working today, tell her I said hi. Wow.
2: Yes, I'm also labor and delivery. So, and we have much love for your mom. She's been there for a while. She's smart, con- she's kind. She's just a kind human being. And I used to got to be good people because I know from when she came now. So i just unbelievable. So I'm going to continue reading. I'm going to look up that podcast. I want to hear more. I just want to keep checking you out. So you keep doing what you do. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you. Wow. Look at that. Unprompted. This is the Karen Hunter show. Uh, Our audience is dope. Mud to Millions is the name of the book. Aisha Seldon's Seven Step Wealth Cheat Codes. Uh, It's in paperback. We'll tweet it out as well at SXM Urban View so y'all can get a copy of it. Um, Let's head over to Virginia. Go on down I-95 a little bit. Mark, welcome. Hey, how you
3: doing? I was uh, listening earlier, and uh, great pointers and and great information there. But you you mentioned Cardi B, and uh, I know Aisha said that she appreciates how Cardi B can be herself and still excel. And uh, I know, I know you, you responded with, that's because she kind of fit the mold that's expected. And that, that's kind of how I view her. And it's disappointing to me that for, I've been a rap head forever, right? I've listened to this since I was a kid. I'm 43 years old now. And there was a time that the black woman fought to beat and break the stereotypes in rap music. You listen to the Queen Latifahs and going back to that time. And now it seems like they've just given way to it. And I can't even listen to female rappers because everything they say is, for lack of a better term, ignorant. Right? They don't. Mm. They don't espouse any type of intelligence or anything. And I okay. think. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm going to pause that's you perfect.
0: for a second, Mark, because I, I'm not. I'm not disparaging Cardi B. I think there's a place for everybody. Uh, I think that um, for for Black people, uh, we 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 need to be real careful about how we uh, police other Black people's expression. So I'm not saying that. I'm saying two things. Number one. White folk are comfortable with black people in certain positions. That said, I think Cardi B is badass. I think she's a a power broker. I think she's a boss. I think that she is charting her own course. I'm not going to disrespect it at all. I'm saying that there are a couple of different ways that we show up in the world that make white folk comfortable. Hell, I may make white folk comfortable until they figure out what's going on. When I show up, you know, with, with my, my loud way that I express myself and my, they're used to that, you know, they're used to the certain phenotypes in black women and black men. Doesn't mean that we don't go, come in and flip the script, doesn't mean that we don't come in and do the Trojan horse thing, which I am a big fan of, and I think you, you, uh, you underestimate Cardi B at your own peril. So I'm not gonna let you go down that path because there's a little twinge of misogyny in there as well, sir. Mark.
1: Can I piggyback on that as well? And and that's that's my biggest point of contention. If we if you if you actually look, listen to a lot of the hip hop, which is mostly male, um, a lot of it is female bashing, misogyny, and no one really talks about it. But the minute Cardi comes out and sings a song like this, it's like an up, it's an uproar. Like so so we 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 got all the we got all the smoke for what Cardi said. But we have not heard, you know, the last
0: 20, 30, 40 years of... From the mumbling-ass, yes, come on. The mumbling-ass, misogynistic, inane-speaking, illiterate-ass rap that has come out. We don't hear any of that, how that demeans the black community. Because it does, by the way. Because it's also fitting a stereotype. I said it. Right Right on. Ayesha.
3: What? General. Oh, he's still here? Okay. I I was trying to say that I don't listen to current rap in general you didn't let me finish that part it wasn't against anything about Cardi B get her money how she gets it I don't really care all I was saying is that I, I was actually agreeing with you that it's too common that certain people fit a certain mold I work in IT I'm a black male working in IT right so I can't walk in there and be hood I have to be a certain way yet you get me alone with my friends and obviously I'm a different dude so I don't I I don't care for modern rap in general, but even when you, you mention that, it doesn't have to be that extreme and that out there. Good on her. She makes her money that way. I don't care how she does it. You know, that's her life, not mine.
0: Mm, still a twinge of misogyny in there. Um, and I don't care whether you agree with me or not, you know, because I, 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 when I say things, it's always nuanced and there's layers to it. It's never black or white, you know. I made a statement about Cardi B, but at the same time, you know, uh, I am saying that not only does she have a right, but to piggyback on Aisha's perspective, have that same energy for all of the mumble rapping ass, illiterate, misogynistic, horrible imagery promoting and touting successful black male rappers as well. That's it. And shout out to Rhapsody since we're doing that, and Sheikah, and all of the other people that are doing great things in that space. All right, let's uh, head over to Dorothy. We're going to go up ninety five back to Jersey, Dorothy. Welcome to the Karen Hunter Show. Hi Karen, how are you? Awesome. Um, I'm a first time caller. Yeah. Uh, and I was
1: I have been listening to you. My sister uh, uh, told me about you about a year ago,
0: and I've been listening and we've been trying to call you forever. Um, but anyway, what I'm calling about is to say that I love your show, and I think you're wonderful. And one day I hope to meet you. Oh, thank um, you. If that's possible. But anyway, I'm calling to um, just to ask some information about investment. I think you were talking about investments earlier. And um, I wanted to know uh, for a person who's never invested or never tried to invest, um, how would I get involved in that or be able to um, find my way into investing? That is an Aisha Selden question. And thank you. Thank your sister. What's her name? Dorothy, what's your sister's uh, name? Sis- my sister's name is Patty. Hey, Patty. We're going to shout out Patty for being in- a good sister because good sisters spread goodness to their siblings and their loved ones. And I appreciate her sharing the Karen Hunter show with you. So shout out oh, to We her. listen every day, all day long. I love it. Oh. Aisha, how does someone get in who they've never, they've never invested? What advice do you have? So what,
1: one of the easiest ways to participate in investing is through the Workplace Retirement Plan, the Workplace 401K. Um, if your job offers you a 401K, a 403B, particularly if there is a matching program. So if you have a workplace retirement plan and they'll match you maybe dollar for dollar up to a certain percent, so if you put in a dollar, they'll put in a dollar up to 3 or 4 or 5 or 6 percent of your salary, that is the very first and best place to start investing. Um, I hear a lot of folks on social media, and I, talk, I talked about this about a week ago, that um, discourage people from saving into workplace retirement plans. I mean, think about it, Dorothy or Karen. If you're getting a dollar-for-dollar match, that's an immediate 100% guaranteed rate of return on your investment. There is no investment in the world that will beat that. I don't care what they're selling, what they're promoting, what forex they're selling, what real estate property they're selling. To get a dollar-for-dollar guaranteed immediate 100% rate of return, there is nothing out there that that will beat that. So, if your company offers you a workplace retirement plan, that's that's the first place to start. Um, particularly if they match. And then after um, the match, you can look at other retirement plans. You can look at Roth IRAs. You can look at regular brokerage accounts that don't necessarily have to be identified or earmarked for retirement. Um, that's where I would I would start first the workplace plan, especially if they match. And then you can look at other retirement plans like Roth IRAs, traditional IRAs, and they can be they can be opened at most brokerage companies. I mean, you've got Fidelity, you've got Vanguard, you've got Schwab, you've got T. Price, you've got Robinhood, which is a pretty popular one. A lot Better of people mid. don't even know Betterment. What's that? Betterment? Absolutely. Um, what a lot of people don't know is that they're making it so easy now for us to invest. Cash App. You can buy stocks through your Cash App. My sister just recently started buying stocks through her ca- her her phone. So she'll like she'll put $100 a week into Apple right on her right on her cell phone through using Cash App. It doesn't even have to be sophisticated. So, um, so there's, there's a lot of different ways. You can buy fractional shares today. I want to make sure that everybody knows that. Um, if you've got a company that you really like, if you want to buy Apple or Tesla or Google or Facebook and, or maybe Amazon, you're looking at Amazon and like, I don't have $3,000 to buy Amazon. You can buy what's called a fractional share, meaning if you only have $1,000, you can buy one-third of Amazon. You don't have to buy the whole share. So um, they've, made it, they've made it a lot easier for us to enter the market. We just need to make sure that we're taking advantage
0: of it. Let me thank you for telling people to, to make sure that they're invested in their 401k because a lot of people don't. They don't do the match. You know, if the yep. company matches, they don't do the max you know and it's the most passive way to not be stressed out to make you know i i i have a an ira 401k i also have active stocks individual stocks but that's work i got to research yep. the 52 week high and low i got to see if it pays a dividend cuz i do dividend um purchasing of stocks and i i there's a lot of work the 401k yep. The IRA, I don't have to think about it. I just set my, you know, my parameters, moderate, risky, not risky, and let it go. And then I look in before I know it. There's more money there than I even imagined. Yep. Yep. so easy. Thank you for sharing that because I think people think it, it needs to be this thing that I'm actively involved in. And the best money made is money you make when you don't have to do anything. Can I get an amen Nothing. from somebody? Aisha. Nothing. Amen. You can get it from me. <laughs> all right thank you the book is called mud to millions Aisha Selden's seven step wealth cheat codes check that out go to the twitter as well Aisha A-Y-E-S-H-A Selden S-E-L-D-E-N and follow her because she's fun to follow and you learn a lot